Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And so we're going to look at the news to find out what's going on in the rest of the world, uh, find out which way we should be going ourselves. And one of the big news items today is riots. There's been riots for weeks now. And what are these riots really all about? And there's all kinds of people who think they are Christians that are think that the riots are about... Uh, The fact that blacks were brought to this country as slaves and that they are being mistreated uh, by catchwords like racism. And, of course, racism is around. It's always been around. Uh, Racism is just a more complex or egalitarian type of uh, tribalism. And we've invented this idea of race and uh, we've created that category. And there used to be the race of mankind. Everybody was a member of the human race. And, uh, but then somebody categorized and said, oh, well, we're going to have Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, different types of, uh, people. The, the Asians, they, they get their own race and the blacks get their own race. All blacks are not the same. There's a, you know, if you're not from Africa or you don't deal a lot with people from Africa, you would look at somebody, and that you see them as black and you think, well, they're from Africa. Well, they're, they're Ethiopians are way different than the, the people like the Zulus and stuff like that. There's huge differences in, in, uh, the, the people that have come down to those tribes and, uh, yet they're all lumped together as blacks. And then you've got the blacks that are in America and they're, most of the blacks in America are actually mixed with a lot of other races. There's only about 300,000, was that right? Uh, some some number like that that were brought over here to uh, America from Africa. There was far more white slaves sold into North Africa than there were ever black Africans sold into America, the United States. And uh, since then, I mean, we've had millions and millions of blacks immigrate to this country. They have nothing to do with slavery. And they have many descendants here in this country now. And they were never slaves. Never descendants of slaves. They may not even know whether they were or not. Because of the real problem, which has nothing to do with race, which is the breakdown of the family. And so we had... We had been doing a, a study on uh, the coronavirus and we had gone through all the stages of the coronavirus. Early on, we were showing that the coronavirus is really nothing more than a flu virus. Uh, there are some unique characteristics to it, just as there are unique characteristics to the Spanish flu or lots of other diff- you know, swine flus and all these things. There's been a series of predictions about different flus over the last 20, 30, 40 years, about what they are going to do and what causes them. And you can go into that forever and ever. And there's a whole science uh, studying, you know, virology and and what these kinds of viruses can do and can't do. But early on, we knew that the coronavirus was not very lethal. 
because it was found on board of a ship, the Diamond Princess, and they quarantined the ship, and they fed them all the wrong kinds of food if you've got a virus, <laughs> but they did it anyway. They were giving them, you know, Gatorade and things like that that have sugar contents in them that are probably not good for you if you're sick. And it was all old people. And the coronavirus is supposed to be very lethal for old people. But it was not very lethal on this ship. As a matter of fact, very few people died on the ship. And almost everybody was exposed. And almost everybody probably got it. They had half the ship, even with the faulty PCR test, showed that half the ship got it. And they just recovered. And now we found out that a lot of the uh, manners in which they treated the coronavirus when you did get sick were actually lethal. They they were bad for you. Doctors were putting people on ventilators. And I, I shared with a lot of people, a nurse who worked in Florida, and they had lots of cases in Florida, and she had no patients die. And then she goes up and she's helping out in another hospital up north and uh, she sees them practicing medicine in a much different way treating the virus in a much different way and she's saying all kinds of people are dying and they're dying because of the protocols that doctors doctors put into place that was killing these people that had they gone to the doctor in Florida at the hospital where she worked they would have likely survived and that's just a reality. You you listen to her, you know, if you can even find it, because I'm sure because she's not fitting the scenario that you're hearing in the news, you'll never hear her. You'll never hear from her what she her experiences was. And all she's doing is relating her experiences. And if facts matter, why is everybody that got sick at her hospital get better and everybody that got sick, almost everybody, many of the people who got severely sick and put on ventilators at the other hospital, were dying. Well, it's the same reason why so many people died of Spanish flu under a doctor's care. Because the doctors were practicing a therapy that was really bad for them. And yet we find a lot of people who are taking the hydrochloroquine and zinc, because just taking hydrochloroquine isn't enough, Taking hydrochloroquine and zinc, because that's what the hydrochloroquine's doing, helping the zinc get into your cells. They had tremendous relief. Within hours, sometimes within days, they had relief from the symptoms when they put the people on these protocols for just three, four days. And this was a report coming back from doctor after doctor after doctor. But yet the media is, starts promoting the idea that Hydrochloroquine could be dangerous. It's been used for decades and decades and decades. Probably not dangerous, uh, relatively speaking. If you already had the zinc in your system, you would already be, have a natural immunity and you might not have hardly any, if any, symptoms. But people have poor diets and so therefore they don't have zinc in their system for a lot of other reasons. And so... They needed to get it in quick, so the hydrochloroquine and zinc. And if if people were already severely ill, then they also gave them uh, shots to prevent uh, bacteria, cytokine storms, and uh, 
secondary infections that come along with the virus. But they had tremendous results with that, what they call the hydrochloroquine cocktail. And yet, in many countries, yet the news was uh, poo-pooing it. And uh, some governors were trying to outlaw it, like they were trying to keep you from getting well. But the media, the media was not telling you the truth. They were not exposing the falseness of the theories and plans of certain politicians and some doctors. They were not doing good investigative reporting. I'm out here in the middle of the desert and I'm right away. Something didn't sound right. And I went and looked at other epidemiologists and what they were saying, looked at their predictions for what this virus was capable of doing and what it was likely to do and what what the best results were. And they were right, the ones I found, but the ones the media pushed were wrong. They had to back up their numbers. You know, going to be 500,000 people in Great Britain dead. They had to back up their numbers to 20,000 or far less. But those are the experts that are still held up. Even so, some of them have resigned now. Not just because of that, because of other shenanigans in their own life. They've resigned. And yet there are people still going around thinking that the coronavirus is some kind of gigantic threat to humanity. And they still have vast areas of the world and the the United States shut down economically. They're threatening to keep it shut down all the way till next year in stage two or three or not go on to other stages of opening up because the coronavirus is some kind of giant threat and there's going to be a second wave. In in our local county alone, they had 150 serology tests which would test for actual antibodies, probably not some of them. There was two different kinds of tests, 100 of one, 50 of another. They have refused to use those tests to determine whether or not the virus has actually gone through the population and uh, just irrationally doing this because those doctors think they already know. They want to save those tests like there's some sort of shortage. Millions and millions and millions of tests have been produced. They're available. And the Oregon Health Authority is actually thwarting and blocking hospitals from using the serology tests that would show that the virus has actually already traveled through the population and most people are producing uh, antibodies and even latent antibodies because many people had this way back in December and January and February. And so they're actually creating a wall of immunity for the rest of society. Which in, in, according to my beliefs, I believe that those people traveling around and interacting, closely interacting with other people, their own family, etc., they would actually be passing that immunity on to other members of society if they did not social distance. But you're told to social distance. So anyway, we, we went through all this and we went through it in great detail and we have audios and, and, uh, 
data from actual scientists who are saying that this was not a big problem, yet still many people think it is because they heard it on the news. They One person said they Googled it. We know that Google is biased. Experts tell you. Uh, Democrat experts, uh, computer scientists are telling us in sworn testimony that Google and Facebooks are fixing the data that you are getting to see because of a political agenda. And yet, people are still thinking that that's the answer. Now, I've used Google. I've also used many of the other search engines. But I also have a another network of people that are giving me inside information, close-up information, and and then also I have the Holy Spirit on my side that that shows me that what they're telling me is not true. And so I go and find the evidence and we make it available at Preparing You and, and other uh, websites and other podcasts so that people can find out the truth. So what's the truth about the riots? What is the truth about racism in America? And I started even a page talking about that specifically. And I'm actually getting people who are, think they're Christians, who are talking about racism in America. Somebody did a video, uh, Phil Vischer, who is, uh, the, one of the founders of this, uh, Veggie Tales. He's a very good videographer and he made Race in America, the, a holy post video by Phil Vischer, and we have links in a couple different places on our website where you can go and watch them, uh, that video if you want. But it will give you a string of statistics that prove that there is a serious, serious problem with racism in America. The problem is, what he proves is not true. It's a very well done video, very polished, has a lot of actual statistics, and the average person listening to him will think, why, my goodness, racism is a huge problem in America. No, it's not. Because the same statistics that he gives are also used by other people, like Larry Elder. The uh, numerous people that we actually, I put a bunch of videos on those pages, or at least links to them. Uh, Candace Owens uses some of those same statistics. Uh, Walter Williams uses some of those statistics in writing his books and papers. And uh, these are black people who say there is not systemic racism in the United States. There, There really isn't. Things are vastly better than they ever were before. So where are these statistics coming from and what are they really saying? Heather uh, McDonald also uh, tells about some of these uh, statistics in her books and stuff. And so we put several just five-minute videos, links to five-minute videos that you can go watch or listen to. Some of them are a little bit longer. And interviews of these people who are experts saying that there really isn't the problem that they want you to think that there is. So what is going on? 
And why are these riots? So, you know, I, I, I just looked up on the FBI site and, uh, and other uh, sources of... If you go back to 2002, all violent crimes committed by whites in America came to about 40,000 violent crimes. If you go up to 2013, we see the number actually dropping to 30,000 violent crimes. You go over and look at the black crimes committed, all violent crimes, according to the statistics, 29,000 in 2002, but only 23,600 in 2013. So in that 10-year period of time, 10 to 11 year period of time, the amount of violent crimes across the board have decreased uh, 24% in the case of white people, 19% in the case of black people, Hispanics decreased by 21%, other so-called races or categories of people decreased by 25% between 2002 and 2013, all violent crimes. So, is that statistic accurate? Well, in the last few weeks, you can see on the news, people breaking into stores, robbing, you know, and looting to the tune of hundreds, even thousands and thousands. I saw a hundred people running just into one Walmart. And you can see store after store after store looted, stores burned, People attacked on the streets. Now, you may not have seen all these things depending on what news report you're watching because they don't show you all of them. But the reality is people were killed and murdered in the streets. Well, when you have a dead body, you're going to have to count that statistic. But when you have 100 to 200 to 300 to 400 people run into a store that they smashed in the front doors and start grabbing every piece of merchandise in sight and running out whether they need it or not. People running out with surfboards. People running out with big screen TVs. People running out with shoes. Running out with clothes. I I saw a film of somebody going through the grocery store and they were just so disgusted with the other people in their neighborhood who had wrecked the grocery store because Things are just ripped off the shelves and fallen on the floor. and and But they noticed that the fruits and vegetables were fairly untouched. They went after all the wrong kinds of foods. But uh, anyway, they were showing the video with their phones. And if you didn't get to see that on your news report, then you probably are watching the wrong channel. But anyway, the, the reality is, is all those are crimes. Those are violent crimes. They're not even going to get into the statistics. These statistics are gathered by the FBI based on people they catch and uh, the bodies they find. Nobody was counting those people. In many cases now, the police aren't even doing anything. They're overwhelmed. They can't deal with all this writing. So where is all this writing coming from? Is it caused by racism? Well, no, it's not. It's not caused by racism. Well, not white on black racism. It's caused by misinformation. It's caused by a degeneration in society. And one of the statistics that are just boldly facing people 
right in front of them that they are missing is statistics based on how many murders. Black Lives Matter, and you know, this is where I will lose all my sponsors. Fortunately, I have no sponsors because we don't. We just tell you the truth. We're not paid to tell you the truth. If you look at the number of people that are murdered in the United States, and that's a violent crime where you actually usually have a body, and so therefore you're going to get that statistic counted. Often you know, you know, most of the murders are usually people that people know, and so you, you know who the murderer is, although you don't know in every single case. But of the uh, thousands upon thousands of murders that take place in the United States every year, 50% of them are black-on-black murders. That means black people are killing black people. So if Black Lives Matter, they would want to do something about that. That statistic of people being killed by other people. That's where you got so many people dying is in that that arena of black on black killings. That's where that is the threat to the black community is that they're going to be killed by some violent criminal that is that is interested in whatever, but is perpetrating violence on the community and it is destroying the community and is killing people by the thousands and it's black on black crime. Is that, now, if you have, you know, I I wrote down some statistics and and put them together uh, on a page. I'm probably going to move them over. I have a page on riots and a page on shutdown and a page on social structure and another page on crowd psychology. Right now, most of this data is on a page called Legal Charity. And so, why do we have that on Legal Charity? Well, there's nothing more uncharitable than killing somebody. And the fact is, we quote the statistics, we show you the statistics, we make the comparisons, but we're also showing you the reasoning behind the statistics rather than just throwing out numbers. And if you... Somebody could look at these same statistics and say, and draw the conclusion that blacks are, by their race, more violent than white people. That's actually not true. But the statistics, if we only use the statistics that they gather, and we think statistics are proof, Because statistics are a correlation. They're not causation. They're saying we're looking at the numbers and the correlation says this. But correlation we know in our study from the coronavirus and and vaccines is not causation. So what is actually causing this violence? Because if you know what the cause is, you can find the cure. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So on our page, Legal Charity, which is is kind of up, but hasn't been proofread. I haven't put it all together. I'm still uh, 
constructing stuff at one o'clock last night, trying to put things together and early this morning. But, uh, you know, it starts out with uh, so the solution scene. Well, in order to see the solution, you have to see the problem. So what is causing the, the decay and the crumbling and the burning of America? Because And this goes for all kinds of other countries. There's been riots. We saw riots in France. There were riots in Germany. There's riots all over the place. And they'll be greater at one time and less at another. And who is orchestrating them? Why is it happening? What has destroyed societies in the past? And what makes societies great? Saw somebody saying, when was America ever great? Well, if you're going to think of America as a collective, you could probably say it was never great because always there were people in America that were not so great. Somebody who was a very angry person. He actually didn't live very far away. I've let him onto my Facebook, but he is so angry. Uh, he cannot see clearly what's going on and uh, what what's happening. What is the causes and effect of the things that we think we see in society? Again, you go back to those statistics. The same statistics that fill from uh, VeggieTales used to prove that there's systemic racism in America and we have to look at things from the point of view of the poor downtrodden black man are the same statistics that Larry Elder uses to say, no, that's not the problem. The thing is, is that Phil leaves out a few of the statistics, uses them to correlate a scenario that he believes to be true, that just ain't so. Now, again, we'll go back and we'll say, there is racism in America. There are good people in America. There are bad people in America. What is the real problem? What is the roots of the real problem? I was weeding in the garden yesterday, and I'm weeding and I'm pulling up weeds, and they're really thick in one spot. And I'm trying not to pull up the carrot, but pull up the weed next to them. They both have roots that are very similar to the weed that I was pulling up. And I would look at the roots. If it was orange, I pulled the wrong one. If, <laughs> if Because I was pulling them really fast, trying to get to them quick. But uh, that's the thing is you want to get, you want to know the root of the problem in order to find the solution to the problem. Well, Phil didn't even, didn't even identify the problem. He misidentified the problem. Not unusual. Not unusual. Doctors are misidentifying problems. They, they see a patient come in and he's having a little trouble breathing. And so they say, well, let's put him on a respirator. Even though very quickly many doctors realized putting him on a respirator was a death sentence. Doctors came out and said it. That nurse was observing it. But others said, no, that's what we do. And there was accusations that it was because the government says you get an extra twenty-seven, $29,000 for the hospital if you put them on a respirator. If it's a coronavirus de- death, you get more money. So, of course, that's going to drive the statistics. And we saw that. People admitted it. People who died of a motorcycle accident but supposedly had corona at the same time it was a coronavirus death. It wasn't. It was a motorcycle accident death. 
And But they were doing it. And, and many states were caught doing it even worse than that. And they had to roll back their statistics. They said they had 200 dead. And they had to say, no, actually, we don't have those 200 dead. And they had to roll back the numbers. New York has been fraudulently counting people for a long time. And like I just showed you, thousands upon thousands of violent crimes are going to go unreported because they're going to go unreported. But they're taking place. So we're... Where is all this violence and criminality coming from? Where, what is actually the cause? Not the correlation, but the cause. And so, anyway, on the page, Legal Charity starts off with this idea of the solution scene. And, you, you know, you can ask these questions. Who is the real destroyers of liberty in a nation? Who is really causing the degeneration of the people? And Plutarch told us 2,000 years ago, the real destroyers of the liberties of the people is he who spreads amongst them bounties and donations and benefits. That's what Plutarch says. He says, the omission of good is no less reprehensible than the commission of evil. Is it good, if the real destroyers of liberty, is it good to spread amongst the people bounties, donations, and benefits? Well, Plutarch says, no, it's not any good. It's a really bad idea. And John the Baptist said that it was a bad idea too. Now, in what context is it a bad idea? The warnings of weakening the people go back to the Old Testament. Uh, Proverbs tells you that, uh, and others in Ezekiel tells you that in a time of affluence, they failed to strengthen the poor. This was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Didn't say they didn't give to the poor. They failed to strengthen the poor. They actually weakened society by their benefits. Because their benefits were not based on charity. It is not charity to force your neighbor at the point of a gun to contribute to the welfare of another. That's called robbery. If you do it through a system, a systemic system of government, it's called a covetous practice. Peter said through covetous practices you would make yourself merchandise. He said that you would curse your children. Polybius said you would degenerate society into perfect savages. Juvenal talked against it. Cicero talked against it. John the Baptist said you don't do it by force. You take care of the needy of your society through charity. Jesus said the same thing. The apostles said the same thing. But Phil Vischer's video while polished and well done, is not only misleading the people as to what the problem is, you know, by showing this well-polished video that comes to the conclusion that racism is the cause of the problem in the, in the black community, when it's not racism at all. And you can lay this out historically if you go back and look, if you look at all the numbers. I just heard Walter Williams last night Talking in an interview, we put that interview on the page too, with uh, Ben Shapiro was asking this scholarly gentleman, black gentleman, 
questions about racism and systemic racism and the cause of the problems in the black community that we see. That we, we see that there's all these murders. People say, well, look, they're being targeted for arrest. No, they're killing each other. 12% of the population and they're killing each other at a rate equal to the other 60% of the population. 12% is killing their own people at a rate equal to that of 60% of the population. How can that be? I mean, how many times does 12 go into 60? It's not two times more. It's not three times more. It's not four times more. You know, it's it's like five times more. They're killing their own people in murders. And it's not because they're black. It's because of what Plutarch said 2,000 years ago. It's because of what Polybius said 2,000 years ago. It's because of what John the Baptist and Peter and Paul said 2,000 years ago. You're not being taught in the churches you're going to. Phil Fisher doesn't know that. That the cause of the problem is the fact that you people in these churches are not real Christians. He actually sounds, in the video that I saw, and I actually went and looked at a few interviews that he had with other people, they think they're Christians. But they're advocating what John the Baptist forbid. What Peter warned you against. What historians of historians warned you against for thousands of years. They're ignorant of the gospel. They don't know the gospel. I hope somebody sends this audio to Phil. And if he wants, I'll bring him onto the radio program and we will debate the subject. But he should better do his homework before he gets here. You're not going to be able to get by with preaching this false doctrine, this pablum Christianity, and get away with it because we're going to serve meat and show you what the gospel actually says. The reason these riots are taking place is because most of the people, many of the people who say they are Christians are not actually following Christ. They're not doing what he commanded. They're not doing what he told. They're actually doing what he warned us against and forbid. But they say they're Christians. They're nice guys. They're just not followers of Jesus Christ. And the good news is, is that you can repent, think differently, and change that statistic. But you can only do it for yourself. You can't make other people do it. You can spread the good news of the gospel or not. In in the first part of the uh, page, it says America is great because she is good. If America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Now, that's, that's supposedly... Uh, uh, attributed to Alexis Tocqueville. I can't find where he actually said that, although many people say he did that. But it's I, I've determined that it's most likely a summary because he does say that 
basic idea in, in several of his writings. And uh, we quote a number of them. We have a page on uh, Alexis Tocqueville. So you can go and find out what he said. Because he was looking at America when slavery still existed in America. And he talked about it. He saw the results of it. He He saw the results of what was going on in most of America. And he was talking about America being good, but he was condemning of the effects and some of the things that he was seeing about slavery in the South as he traveled through the South. Now, you have to remember, 4% of Americans maybe owned slaves at one time. That would mean that since most of the people who owned slaves were in the South, there's probably 8%. Of or maybe ten percent of the people in the South own slaves. Now that includes Indians who own slaves. It includes black men in the South who own slaves. And as a matter of fact, like we've said many times, it seems like the very first black slave in America became a slave to another black man who took it to court and had this man turned from an indentured servant into a slave that he was going to have to finish out the term of his life as a slave because he violated the terms of his indenture. And that was a black-on-black situation. And it was legalized. But the reality is Americans immediately opposed the idea of slavery. Many of the people, I mean, they just tore down another statue of uh, George Washington this week. And uh, George Washington owned slaves. Uh, but when you, we have this picture of George Washington sitting on a horse and he has all these slaves working for him. He actually had diplomats from foreign countries come to see him and they found him out in the fields hoeing with the slaves. Those were friends of his. They were technically slaves, but he took care of them. He guaranteed them employment. And as far as I know, he treated them well. I don't know. But nobody wants to know. They just say this catchword phrase for a slave and they correlate. Oh, he's a slave. He's a slave owner. Let's tear down a statue. Don't know anything about the man. And like I said, we were, they erect these statues to remember the good things that men did, not the bad things. There should be no statues anywhere if you're only going to put up statues of absolute saints because there's only been about one of those that I know of and so that would decrease the amount of statues I'm not an advocate of putting up statues anyway but if you want to do it you do it if you really believe in social democracy a lot of these people are actually communists they don't believe in social democracy except as a means to get to communism but what the rhetoric you're hearing is that therefore social Democracy. Well, social democracy means that if you don't like a statue, you put it to a vote, and the number of people who win, if it's 51%, say the statue stays, it stays. If you just go and tear it down because you're really a vocal minority, you're just, you're just a vandal. You're just a criminal. You don't believe in social democracy. So anyway, but that's what's going on. I don't want to defend the statues. What I want you to do is see the process. Somebody is feeding hate in you, and you have the power to feed hate in you. They have the power to feed hate in you because there's a home for hate in you. 
judgment of others. And they all they have to do, like the red cape and the bull ring, is shake the cape, say the words, and they get you running towards hate, which is really running towards your own destruction. And you need to repent of that. And Phil Vesher, he doesn't seem to be a hateful guy, but he is spreading hate because he is taking statistics out of the context of humanity and drawing a conclusion based on correlation that is not actually causation of the problem that we see. Because if you look at those statistics again, you know, you, you can go look at 2018... This is what somebody says, that those who like quoting things like, 2018, black people were three times more likely to be killed by police than were whites. Now, is that actually true? Is that actually accurate? And why is that? Is it because they're blacks? Is it because police are racist? Well, now, go back to the statistics that you are, and, and analyze them properly. of the murders committed in the United States, approximately, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending on what year you're looking at, are committed as black-on-black crimes. About 97% of the murders of black men are by other black men. Very few are by white men against black men. Where's all the white supremacists? Aren't they out there doing that? No. It's blacks killing blacks. 50% is is blacks. There should be way more blacks arrested by police. They're not. Part of that is also that same gifts, gratuities, and benefits. The black community needs to learn how to police themselves. The same as the Radical Islam has a free hand in many Islamic communities because Islamic people don't stand up for what's right. It's dangerous, admittedly, but they, because they do nothing, which is that second quote from Plutarch, because they do nothing, the omission of good is no less reprehensible than the commission of evil. If you do not stand up against the evil in your community, that is evil. And so when you have murders, you need to speak up. If you're worried about being killed or, you know, retribution coming on, you need to come together in your community and bind your neighbors together in faith, hope, and charity so that you're willing to stand up with each other and the bad guys will flee. You know, this is where I say things like, didn't you even watch Bugs Life? (laughs) The ants had the power, not the grasshoppers. But they didn't know they had the power. They, They worked together, but they did not work together. The reason evil prevails... It's because good men don't come together and care about one another. That was one of the conclusions that Phil had, is that we need to care. But you don't want to care like those who weaken the poor. You want to care like those who strengthen the poor. John the Baptist strengthened the poor. Nimrod, Cain, they weakened the poor. 
Pharaoh weakened the poor. Moses strengthened the poor. Why? It's because he put the responsibility back on the people to take care of the needy of their society through free will offerings. Phil's not doing that. Phil's a part of a society that takes care of its needy through social welfare, through men who exercise authority one over the other. And Christ forbid us as followers of Christ to do it that way. Right in the text. Very clear in the text. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's really also in John. But you see it in other verses in John. John the Baptist. You're supposed to be taking care of one another through charity. Not through force. John the Baptist didn't do it through force. If you want to do it through government programs, you want to do it through force. Because government is force. George Washington told us that. It's dangerous. It's, it, it's a dangerous servant and a fearful master. But, you know, you, you don't have real faith unless you're doing that. Unless, if you're doing it by force, you're a worker of iniquity. So anyway, like I said, uh, what he failed to mention is that blacks commit more than five times the crimes as whites, including almost 50% of the murders, even though they only account for 12% of the population. We, we were looking at those statistics of violent crimes. Blacks actually committed less violent crimes than whites, but they're 12% of the population. And the whites are 60% of the population. So why in the world are they all they're within a few thousand of each other? And it's because of social welfare. And we will eventually get and we will show you why. And who is promoting this in the black community? Because they were targeted. What the black community is, is they are the uh, parakeet in the coal mine. Because what you see happening to their community, and we can show you in the statistics, the same thing is starting to happen and has been for quite some time in the white community. The same violence we see Rising up in the black community is also rising up in the white community. Yet we saw there in those original statistics from 2002 to 2013, there was a drop in violent crime. Well, why is that? Is it an actual drop or is it a way they collect statistics or are there other factors that are involved across the board because of the fact there are other people besides whites and blacks in America and their numbers are increasing. Is there really that much less crime or less reporting of crime? So we had 6,676 murders in the U.S. 3,176 of those were committed by blacks and 3,196 by whites. That's almost the same amount. Yet the blacks are 12% and the whites are near 60%. So how in the world or a little more than 60%. So how in the world are we coming at those statistics? Again, it's the real destroyers of liberty that are causing this. So we actually show statistics also show that 68 to 85% of the interracial homicides, that's you know black on white and white on black, homicides 
even though the blacks are only 12% of the population, 68 to 85% are blacks committing racial homicide. So, if we would just take that statistic cold and just look at that statistic rather than the big picture and the causation of things, it is very clear by that statistic that blacks are hunting down whites. It's not whites hunting down blacks. It's not police hunting down blacks. It's blacks hunting down whites. Now, I don't believe that blacks are hunting down whites. But that statistic would correlate to that. This is why you have to look at more than numbers. But if you want to believe a particular scenario, and I can see people just jumping up saying, no, that's not the case. Because it really looks bad for black people. It looks like they're more violent. It looks like they kill more people, that they are actually menacing. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they're black. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're white or look white or look black. It has to do with choices. One of the things that they kept coming up, and we'll revisit this later, is that they're saying that whites, CIA, this is one person was saying this, brought cocaine and drugs into the black community. Crack and all these things. They brought it into the black community. And this is what why it's devastating the black community. That's correlation again. I'm not saying that whites did not you know, it's probably a lot of Hispanics because, I mean, the, who was who was buying, you know, for Columbia warlords <laughs> are producing the drugs that were brought in by CIA people of all colors. And uh, it did get into, it wasn't, they weren't the only one bringing it in. There, were, there was some of them bringing it in, but there was a lot of people bringing it in uh, to the black community. But so what? That's not the problem. If you go look at our page on addiction and, and some of the videos that we have put up there and some of the stories we have there, it's very clear that you can bring all the drugs you want into a community and nobody will take them. It isn't the drugs that is causing addiction. It is something else that was already in the community. So you want to find out who brought that and why it was accepted. We'll be right back. Join us on The Living Network at HisHolyChurch.org. Go to the network links or go to PreparingYou.com. Join the network and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. And join us on Facebook. Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So we went through a lot of these statistics and showing you that correlation is not causation. So you have to do some thinking and find out what is actually causing the problem. Because once you know what's causing the problem, you can do something about it that will relieve or alleviate the problem or the symptoms of the problem. Because these numbers are symptoms of a problem. But the problem is not race. If if you think the problem is race, you're probably a racist. <laughs> because you're focusing on it. That that it's racism. 
No, it's not race. You can use race as an excuse, but the problem is that you rush to judgment, that you hate because you don't want to look at your problems, so therefore you're going to have a tendency to look at the problem of others, and the way to focus that looking at the problem of others is to hate others or judge others, whether you judge them or hate them. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't hate them. I just dislike what they're doing. No, you hate them. You want your thinking to be clear. You have to see yourself as you are. You have to see what's in you. And this is one of the big problems where you have these Christians who think, these modern Christians who think they're following Christ, yet Christ said, do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do that, do, do, do that. And they are all doing the opposite in both cases of what they're told to do and what they're told not to do. If you're a socialist, you're not a Christian. If you are coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other, you're desiring the benefits of men who exercise authority one over the other, You're not a Christian because Christ forbid that. That simple. All social welfare in the early church was through charity. All social welfare in early Israel was through charity. It was Saul, once he became king, which they were told that he was going to take and take and take and take and take. But once he became king, he forced an offering. And Samuel said, you are foolish and your kingdom will not stand. So the government of the United States will not stand because back in the days of FDR, they decided to force an offering. It wasn't the original idea. There were some goofy ideas that came before that, Woodrow Wilson. But even you go back to the days of Davy Crockett, we have an article on Davy Crockett. That he was seeing that some people thought it was okay to use the government to take care of the needy of, of society. And the people in America said, no, that's not okay. They weren't white slavers. They were hard-working people. Most of the people were hard-working people in America. Very few white slavers. And some of those, like I said, most of the people who were slaves in America ate at the same table as their master. There are many, 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 many cases of, of blacks being uh, slaves, being absolutely loyal to their so-called master because they were more a partnership than dominating and, and beating one another. You can find as many of those atrocities amongst the black slave owners who owned other blacks and that's just the way it is. Now, hate's always been around. You can't legislate that away. Why in the world are so many people in the black community and in the Muslim community and even in the white community, why do they have this sin of omission where they don't stand up for one another? They don't come to their neighbor's aid. You know, I, I just, during the break, I added another thing to the template at the bottom of these pages, uh, a link to our page on addiction. So you can go see this whole experiment of rat park where they were they would put two rats or several rats in a cage and they'd put two nozzles where they could drink just plain clean water or they could drink water with a drug in it 
and get a high. When they were just locked in the cage, the rats ended up becoming drug addicted and died because they would go and drink of the water that had the drug in it. But when the the scientists made what you call uh, Rat Park, where there were activities and wheels and tunnels and room and there was uh, male and female so they could breed and have young and all this kind of stuff, they almost never drank of the drugs. They just didn't take the drugs because they had purpose and meaning and outlets that give us natural endorphins in our society. We, they created a natural, what he called rat park, that the rats did not go for the drugs. So what was happening in the black community that they went for the drugs? Well, before the drugs, they had the drugs of welfare. They had a drug that broke down the families. I mean, they give this statistic back in the 60s. What was it? 27% of the black families were single-parent families. But after LBJ and FDR brought in socialism, because that's what they brought in, the New Deal was socialism. The Great Society was socialism, social welfare by the authority of the state, taking from one class of citizen and redistributing to another. That's socialism. Social, all socialism is based on force. The kingdom of God is based on charity. If you go to church and your welfare is mostly based on force through government, you're not a Christian. That's not a Christian church. It's not following the gospel of Christ. It's opposing the gospel of Christ and they are actually workers of iniquity because they will break down society. Remember, liberty is the right to choose. That was that was the original gift of God and it wasn't given to government. It was given to the people individually. We are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights and one of them is the right to choose. We have the right to choose to take drugs or not take drugs. You will not take drugs. You will not fall prey to drugs, alcohol, and all these other things if you have built a rat park. <laughs> That's a society that has all the things that God intended us to do, which is the choice in all the other things. You know, like who you marry and uh, raise your kids and how you raise your kids and how you teach your kids. When you start taking the kids out of the family with public education, taking the parents, the grandparents, out of the family with Social Security, you're disturbing the natural rat park of humanity. And you will have more and more people get on drugs. More and more people susceptible to drugs and also to violence. Because you are not following the plan of God. So how how do you bind a community together... To stand against the enemy, whether foreign or domestic, if you don't depend on government to bind the people together. Because when you depend on government to bind people together, the more you depend upon that government, the more you will likely suffer tyranny. Christ showed you the way. Sit down in the tens, hundreds of thousands. Take care of one another through faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty. And you will maintain liberty. 
if you do other than what Christ said, if you go another way other than what Christ said to do, you will go into tyranny. Your children will become um, rebels, rioters. They will go. They will develop the beast identity. Uh, there's, that's another link. I just created a page on. That. <laughs> hey, see, the reality is, is, Phil's got the mark of the beast already. He, like, I, I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a caring guy. But he doesn't understand the gospel. And the ministers he's going to don't understand the gospel either. Because they're actually advocating that the government help the blacks with more government welfare. And it is the government welfare started by, really got going with FDR, and then LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson from Texas, promoted it to the Great Society in his war on poverty. And it, you went from 27% single parent families in the black community to 74, 75% single parent families in the black community. If you go back to 20 years, I just heard Walter Williams in the audio, the, his interview, he went back to this statistic. I knew what the statistic was in 1903. There was like 7% in metropolitan areas. It was much less in the rural areas of the black community with single parent families. 7%. 3% is the figure they got from more the rural communities. And those single parent families are usually due to a death in the family, not father abandonment. If you go, his statistics are going back to like 1888 or 1886. I can't remember. It's in the video. In the, yeah. It's a video. Uh, just look for Walter William. That, that, uh, the figure was even lower. It's 20 years after slavery. And the black community has almost no single parent families. No father abandonment. They were well on their way. Was there racism? Yes, there was racism. But, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And they they could have done way better if they had more Christian principles. They did have great Christian principles back then. You read the story. I put about 20 Booker T. Washington quotes on the page. I, I can go find you... White men saying the same kind of things, but since uh, uh, people think this is all about race, and I, I love Booker T, I love Thomas Sowell, love Larry Elder, Candace Owens, um, Walter Williams. Uh, these guys are geniuses. They see it. They don't see it entirely always. Uh, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein. You know, Brett Weinstein is a blooming socialist. He's, he thinks of himself as a progressive. He hasn't made the connection. Hopefully, he will. Maybe his older brother will make it first. And they'll start figuring it out. I, I even hear out of Ben Shapiro's mouth, who's more an Orthodox Jew than, than they are. But he says it. You know, Eric said, what you need to do is find the most charitable men in your community... And fund them. Now, 
did he mean fund them by taxation? Or does he mean what Christ said, what Moses said, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, pick the ministers you think are the best for society, and you fund them. And they sit down with the other ministers like themselves in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and they fund the other ministers that link them together as a nation. If you were doing that, you would drive the drug dealers out of your community. I remember a story of Black Panthers. They saw the drugs as a problem originally, way back. Oh, it was, maybe it wasn't Black Panthers. Maybe it was Black, it was Muslims. There was a large group of people that became, I don't know if the right term is Black Muslims, but anyway, they, uh, you know, would dress in the suits and the hat and the tie and everything, and they would go and they would preach to the guy dealing drugs on the street. <laughs> Which is, Really, you know, that and their presence, usually big guys wearing suits and ties, very respectful, very calm, but preaching to the guys pushing drugs on the street. Guess what? They go to another street. And the more streets you get men doing that, standing up together, the more you will drive the drug people out of your community. But you have to stand together. So what is your incentive to stand together if you don't need each other if there's hard times? If there's a shutdown, if there's welfare. Like I said, in South Africa, we have people that don't get any welfare because they're whites. They're not allowed the welfare of the system because the blacks are now in charge of the government. So they're learning to take care of themselves. That's a good thing. <laughs> to quote Bernie Sanders, that's a good thing. And the reality is, is that's what you need in the black community where they start standing up for one another, standing up for what's right, start depending on one another, and stop depending on the men who exercise authority but offer you gifts, gratuities, and benefits in your society. You have to turn around and go the other way. So, you know, I also quote a study which uh, was done by researchers at John Hopkins University in Baltimore made news in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and in news outlets across the nation. Its major finding, an estimated 251,454 deaths per year and 9.5% of all those deaths in the United States stem from a medical error. So I quoted that because of the fact that 250,000 people every year die from medical mistakes. Cops make mistakes too. Cops (laughs) make mistakes all the time. They have far less training. They're in a far more difficult situation. 2017 police killed 19 unarmed black males. 19 unarmed. Doesn't mean they weren't being violent. Say that none of them were violent. Say they were all accidental shootings or shootings by mistake. They thought the person was a threat and they shot them. Maybe they were poor, poorly trained. You can go for all kinds of, but we're talking 19 unarmed people. That was down, by the way, in 2017 from 36 who were killed in 2015, according to the Washington Post. There were 66 
in 2016, police officers who were feloniously killed. And there was over 135 who died in the line of duty, but there was 66 killed by people. You see, the doctor, when he makes a mistake, nobody is threatening to shoot him. He's not under that kind of pressure. He doesn't have to wrestle his patients to the ground. He doesn't have to take them into custody because that's his duty. He's just treating them. And he kills 250,000 people a year. The medical community, not all doctors, for medical mistakes. That's the number they give based on what is reported. I know people die because of medical mistakes aren't going to be included. All those people put on respirators that should not have been put on respirators and died because they don't just put you on a respirator. They put you on all kinds of drugs because you're on a respirator. Of all the people that that nurse saw that got put on a respirator, the only one she remembered, I think, if I'm accurate here, there was maybe more than one, but I think she said the only one she remembers that did not die was a guy who was already a drug addict. And so the drugs they were giving him did not totally incapacitate him. He had developed an immunity to some of those drugs. He pulled the ventilator out himself. (laughs) And he survived. He saved himself because he pulled it out himself. So what's going on here? What's really happening? Is it... There are bad cops. There are incompetent cops. That cop who was involved in the killing of... uh, George Floyd, he contributed to the death of George Floyd. It doesn't appear that he killed him directly. I mean, his knee did not crush the windpipe. It did not cause even bruising. They couldn't find bruising, which shows that it was not excessive pressure. Should he have rolled him up? What he was dying of is heart failure, according to the coroner. But why did he have heart failure? He was a young guy. He was a strong guy. Well, he had had a life of drugs. And he was on drugs at the time. So he contributed to his death as well. People don't like me to say that. Oh, don't say that. But it, the fact is they both contributed to each to that death. The death of George. If George was contributing to it. Whoever had this phony shut down for the coronavirus, he contributed to it because he'd been laid off and despondent and he went to drugs. He's not the only one who has gone to drugs and alcohol and making stupid mistakes because of the fact that they're not out working. People need to work. So the people who called for the shutdown contributed to his death. Uh, FDR contributed to his death by making drugs available because he broke down society by gifts, gratuities, and benefits. George contributed to his death because he did not really... uh, All the preachers that he went to, because he was supposedly getting some faith in religion, they weren't preaching the whole gospel. The whole gospel is you got to take care of your community through faith, hope, and charity. Not through unemployment insurance and and uh, welfare and and all these other programs by men who exercise authority. Christianity knows because Christ said we're not to be that way. But those churches say to be that way because they don't want to take the money out of their Corbin coffers to take care of the needy. They want the government to do it, and they say that's okay. 
Christ said it wasn't. They said it is. You got a choice. Go with those preachers or go with Christ. That's just, that's simple. If your church is saying it's okay to go to men who exercise authority one over the other to get benefits at your neighbor's expense, then you're engaged in covetous practices that will make you merchandise, has already, will curse your children, has already, destroy your society, and turn the people of your community into perfect savages where they smash down the doors of the businesses that are a part of their community, owned by blacks, employees, employers of blacks and destroy those businesses and laugh while they do it because they become perfect savages. Not because of a few racist cops, but because they have abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are not going the way of Jesus Christ. And people who preach these fake statistics, they're, they're true statistics, but they, they preach them out of the context of the gospel and out of the context of the real movers and shakers of society are doing them a disservice. They're creeping into people's houses and seducing them away from the true gospel of Christ. So here's another quote. A recent a uh, deadly force study of Washington State University researcher Lewis James found that police officers were less likely to shoot unarmed black suspects than unarmed white or Hispanic ones in simulated threat scenarios. Harvard economics professor Roland Fryer analyzed more than a thousand officer-involved shootings across the country. Now, he actually analyzed these, didn't just throw out statistics like Phil did. He actually examined them, and he concluded that there is zero, zero evidence of racial bias in police shootings. Go look it up. It's on our page there. On the page Legal Charity. I'm going to probably put it over on the riot page as well. And so, what else did they find out? Thousand officer shootings across the country. Zero evidence of racial bias in police shooting. Now, that doesn't mean that there's zero racial bias. It means there's zero evidence of racial bias. I don't believe that the cop in Minneapolis, I don't have any reason to believe that this was racially motivated. I think it was motivated out of the fact that the guy had fought four cops and refused to get into the car. And he finally was holding them down and he was just holding them down. He wasn't clearly not putting that much pressure on his neck. But he could have let him up because what he, when he said he couldn't breathe, it wasn't because his knee was on his neck. It was because his heart was giving out. And his heart was giving out for a lot of things. He could have alleviated that situation and listened to the other cop who suggested that he roll him up, which is a part of their training. But he didn't. That's a mistake, just like a medical mistake. I don't think he intended him to die. I think he was surprised when he died. He's a big, strong, healthy guy. He was fighting these four cops. He didn't think he was going to die. He was wrong. That's a medical mistake. If we're going to arrest him, there's at least 
a hundred thousand doctors we probably and nurses we probably ought to arrest too. <laughs> because they're making mistakes that are causing people's lives too. Now, that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be punished. He should be. But what we're doing now, I mean, what are these riots helping? Are these demonstrations help demonstrating for what? Zero evidence of racial bias according to Roland Fryer. In Houston, he found that blacks were 24% less likely than whites to be shot by officers even though the suspects were armed or violent. 24% less likely in Houston. When I grew up in Houston, it was the number one murder capital of the world. There were blacks who were actually lynched on the street. I mean, it didn't happen all the time, but it happened. Things were getting better. Are these riots and demonstrations making things better still? No. Because they're protesting what does not exist. And they're advocating what has brought about the problem to begin with. I don't believe that you need a police force if you were Christians. But you're not Christians, so you probably do need a police force. I support most of the police that I see are pretty well behaved and are doing saving lives by the thousands. I could go and tell you story after story, and I'm surprised that more people don't do it, of cops risking their lives to save black people, Hispanic people, white people, children, jumping off of cliffs, uh, jumping into raging rivers. Uh, I mean, I, it's just staggering how brave some of these people are. And you want to defund them. Big mistake. We'll be back. So, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, the keys of the kingdom are the wisdom of Christ. That is the keys of the kingdom. But Christ is not the only one who voices that wisdom. And like I said, I put a bunch of Booker T. Washington quotes on the page. And I probably could go through and find lots more from lots of other people. But uh, one of the things he said was, I have begun everything with the idea that I could succeed. And I never had much patience with the multitudes of people who are always ready to explain why one cannot succeed. In America, you can succeed if you are black or white. But you will only succeed in the long run, if you follow the ways of Christ. And the Christ, you know, we see from the apostles and from like Thessalonians, if you don't work, you don't eat. But you do eat in a lot of communities because of the fact that you cry and whine to the government that you can't do it on your own. You need the government to help you. And the government is only going to give you what they take away from your neighbor. So you, we know If you're crying to the government for benefits, you don't love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. So we know you're not a Christian. That's just reality. That's just logic. Because Christ said you were not to engage in such covetous practices. You were not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who called themselves benefactors but exercised authority one over the other. You're not to be that way. It is not to be that way with you. Christ said that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
We know you're not supposed to covet because Moses told you that. So if you're a Jew and you're advocating socialism by government force, you're not following Moses either. And since Muslims say they follow Moses as a prophet and even say Christ is a prophet, even though they don't believe that Christ was the Messiah, the reality is that the Muslims who are looking to the government to exercise authority one over the other by taking from their neighbor are not following Moses or Jesus Christ. And I can actually find you writings in the Koran that they're not even following Muhammad. Although the Koran, that's another story altogether. <laughs> it's not my Bible. <laughs> okay. But uh, the hypocrisy and all these people that say they are religious, religious, when we know that religion, by definition, 200 years ago, was the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the word love there is the same kind of word that we see for charity. Charity is love. Love is charity. But it's only true charity when it strengthens the poor. If it makes them weak, or then it's not. And like I said, he, he's not, he, Booker T. Washington was not, did not have much patience with the multitude of people who are always ready to explain why one cannot succeed. And if you're using racism to say that, then that doesn't count. That's not why you haven't succeeded. There's a lot of factors, but that's not one of them. It's not a significant one at all. It might be in a few rare cases. But you can go somewhere else where you won't find that racism and succeed. Another thing Booker T. Washington said, A whining, crying race may be pitied, but seldom respected. He said that. Because I'm sure there was a tendency of people to whine and cry. I think he'd be rolling over in his grave if he saw what people are saying these days and how they're whining and crying. So he also said, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Well, how do you do that? Gather together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands as Christ commanded and start taking care of one another, helping one another establish businesses. I mean, people talk about, oh, they couldn't get loans under Jim Crow. Well, there were hundreds of thousands, millions of blacks. Why didn't they start their own bank? Like I gave the example of the Spanish towns in the poorest part of Spain, the banks wouldn't even come in there and loan people money so they could start businesses and get the capital to start businesses. And so what did they do? They started cooperatives and they created their own banks. Like the the Indian tribe without tribal status there in the middle of America, they they weren't going to get any handouts. And they are some of the wealthiest, well-off community of Indians in America because they weren't allowed to have the benefits of tribal status, which are not benefits, but will actually destroy your society. So you can voluntarily do this in the black community. And if black lives really matter to the people who say they are black lives matter, they would be doing that. The founders are mostly communists. And they claim sometimes now to be a lot of their leaders being social democrats, which is why they gave a billion dollars to the Democratic Party. Because they advocate uh, democratic socialism. Although they're not that democratic. 
they're resorting to violence. Booker T. Washington also said, I learned the lessons that great men cultivate love. Cultivate love. Same word charity. Cultivate charity. That's how you cultivate love. Is you cultivate charity. You take care of one another through free will offerings and the perfect law of liberty rather than forced offerings and fealty and fear. And that only... Little men cherish a spirit of hatred. That's Booker. You know, the Booker. Booker T. Washington, not the Booker in in Congress. I learned that assistance given to the weak makes the one who gives it stronger. And that oppression of the unfortunate makes one weak. Listen to the wisdom. You know, with the election of President Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1932 led to a shift of black voting loyalties from Republican to Democrats. Because all blacks were Republicans originally. First black congressmen were Republicans. Roosevelt's New Deal programs seemed to offer economic relief to many blacks and whites suffering from the Great Depression and and I, I've given you lots of stories about how his meddling in the economy, Roosevelt's meddling, prolonged, this is well understood by economists today, lots of books written about it, that the New Deal prolonged the suffering of the Depression. Now, why was there a Depression to begin with? Well, that goes back to bad ideas back in the days of, of uh, Woodrow Wilson, etc., But Booker T. Washington said, Few things can help an individual more than to place responsibility on him and to let him know that you trust him. Evidently, Roosevelt didn't trust us to work our way out of the Depression. He he wanted to lift responsibility off of you. Responsibility is the key to rights. You cannot have your rights if you do not accept your responsibilities. So this is partly what we're showing you in legal charity. What is legal charity? Legal charity is charity by binding the people in the system. That's what legal means. It doesn't mean lawful. Legal and lawful, we've gone through this many times, whole articles on it, recordings on it. Legal has to do with the word to bind it doesn't have the word to do with the word justice or law. And so legal charity is charity you have to give. Forced contributions. That's what the Corbin of the Pharisees was. The legal charity of the state provided by forced contributions kills care. And that's what Phil says we need to care. But he also advocates forced contributions through government. Now, he might be disagreeing with me that that's not what, but it seemed to be one from what I was hearing, and I wasn't hearing anything to the contrary. And I, I don't know the guy other than a few interviews that I listened to and looked up a little bit about him, but he doesn't seem to understand the gospel. Yet he has videos out about Bible and he's teaching your kids, but he doesn't really understand the gospel as far as I've seen. I've seen Veggie Tales before. <laughs> not my favorite stuff. Booker T. also said, The happiest people are those who do the most for others. The most miserable are those who do the least. 
Well, you get to do less and less if the government does more than more. You are turning your rat rat park into a drug-addicted neighborhood. And like I said, that what we see going on in the black community and the violence and the, the looting and the uh, abuse and the uh, immorality is just the canary in the coal mine because we can also see it spreading to the white community and to the Asian community as well because it is pervasive. But they were targeted in the black community and that's what I said before. Saul Alinsky, who is this union organizer, he first was doing this in Chicago where a lot of the union people were black people that worked in the slaughterhouses and then in other places. And he developed his strategy and the rules for radicals, which was dedicated to Satan. But some of the real culprits are Cloward and Piven because they had a plan too and we have links to an article that gives you all the details about Cloward and Piven plan that targeted the black community in 1966 with an ideology of forcing political change through orchestrated crisis and eventually unleashing chaos and violence in the street. Cloward and Piven proposed to create a crisis in the current welfare system when they first started this. I'm quoting here. By exploiting the gap between welfare law and practice that would ultimately bring about its collapse and replace it with a system of guaranteed annual income. Communism. They hoped to accomplish this end by informing the poor of their rights to welfare assisting assistance encouraging them to apply for benefits and in effect overloading an already overburdened bureaucracy uh, and on the page we go through and they they actually voiced this plan they wrote it out published it they've been to the white house many times they were favorites with the obama administration this is not they started this back in the 60s, but they've been around for a long time. And they advocate eventually having not just a socialist government, but a communist government. And we know that leads to another Stalin, another Mao, etc. Booker T. said, Nothing ever comes to one that is worth having except as a result of hard work. Cloward and Piven don't believe that. They believe that we could... And they went out and used Solinsky's union organizing criteria to go out and organize people to get them to sign up for welfare as fast and as often as possible. The Mexican-American community fell to that too. It's devastated families by finding, well, we could get you on for this or we could get you on for that and we could get you a check for this. And, and they intentionally targeted the black community. Now, with the shutdown, people who have never, ever, ever, ever been on welfare, food stamps, etc., have been forced on it. And those who say, I don't want it, I just want to go back to work, they are criminalized. They are demonized in the press because the press is on the side of Cloward and Piven and the communists. Most of the press. And those... Those few press agencies that are not, a lot of them are heavily tainted. And now when you get like, a, what is it, One America News and uh, some of these others, even some of the people on Fox, 
who begin to speak out about some of these things, they're just demonized again, again, and again. And now, now you actually say, see people saying that they are criminal for the things that they say. It's, it's unbelievable how far we've gone. Because the drug addicts in the not so rat park, rat park are addicted to the power that they have gotten now with this taste of power with the, the, the demonstrations. People out there demonstrating now, to be honest, there's people went out, they, they were suckered into believing because of people like Phil and a lot of other people with a lot worse intent into believing that somehow or other that black people have a, a dire threat against racist cops that are all over the place. Not so. That isn't, that's not the people killing blacks. They're less likely to kill blacks in most cases. Not that it doesn't exist, but it's, it's not the threat. You got 320 million Americans or more. You're going to have some bad apples. That doesn't make the whole nation bad. But if you choose ignorance and to stay ignorant, if you choose not to come together and stand up for what's right, back to Plutarch, your omission is as evil as the evil itself. But Cloward and Piven thought that, yeah, this is good to get them to get... They didn't go into the black community to try to get them signed up for welfare to help them out. They did it to destroy the system. That's what they wrote. That's what they explained. And they're falling into the prey because they want violence in the streets. You know, and I just heard the president say that uh, when they have their rally, wherever they're going to have it, uh, it was in the news just before the program, that they will not be allowed to do the things that they did in New York and wherever, Chicago, wherever they he said. They want that conflict. The guys orchestrating this from behind the scenes. So, I don't know. could get a lot worse. The thing is, you don't have to wait for it to get worse to get better. You just have to repent. Turn around. Think differently. Realize what Christianity is really all about. What Christ was really saying. The free bread of Rome weakened the poor. It weakened the people and created more and more poor, not less and less poor. Before LBJ's war on poverty, poverty was rapidly disappearing in America. It, the poorer people of America were surging ahead, owning more and more homes. They were doing better and better and better and better at a rapid rate. But the war on poverty has reversed that. Just like the polio vaccines. Polio, we were almost herd immunity by the time the polio vaccine came out because 95% of the people get polio show absolutely no symptoms, start producing the antibodies, aren't going to get polio again. And uh, like I say, they have no symptoms, no paralysis, and you didn't even know it. But 95% other people who got it, you never even knew about, and they were immune. And they were creating that wall of immunity throughout society. And they came out, they knew they had to quickly come out with this vaccine, despite the fact that doctors were saying this is dangerous, it might kill people. They came out with it anyway. By the late 70s, Salt himself, Salt himself was testifying before Congress that most of the cases of polio were from the vaccine, not from the wild virus. 
And that is still going on today in many parts of the world that the vaccine, this is CDC information on their website. The vaccine is causing more polio than the wild virus. But they're not telling you that in the news because it doesn't fit their scenario. People need to wake up. You need to go to the people that are trying to tell you the truth. You need to create your own media and not wait for the media to tell you what they want to tell you because they're not going to tell you the truth. If we want better people to make a better world, then we will have to begin where people are made in the family. Socialism breaks down the family. We saw that in the early statistics. 3% of the black community... 20, 30 years after slavery, had single-parent families. 3%. Now you've got 75%. You've broke down the family. That's just one little statistic that you can correlate with that. But you've also removed the elderly from your family. And, And the children curse their parents. What is going on? What is happening with the people? So Matthew fifteen fourteen says, Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. I pray, Phil, eyes are opened if he does hear this recording. Some people believe that Christianity ceased to be viewed as a moral belief system in the world that is actually impossible to be true with real Christianity if some group or individual has ceased to be moral such as coveting their neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other that's an immoral act according to Christ if they cease to be moral they have ceased to be Christian Because a Christian is moral. A Christian is a follower of Christ. So unless we repent of the covetous practices of socialism brought in by people even before FDR and LBJ, there can be no solution nor salvation. This theme of loving power and position over the people and person has written the story of mankind from the dawn of history. Civilization, Civilizations have rose from the wilderness to perish at their own hands because the temptation of power over your fellow man is a great, as, as great amongst the common man as it is amongst the prince, princes, politicians, and potentates. Christ's temptation was what? Evil came and said, you can have power over these. I can give you power over those. Social democracy says, I can give you power over the rich. I can give you power over your fellow man. Christ says, I can teach you how to love your fellow man as much as you love yourself. Moses said the same thing. It is not love to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Which is why we should not engage in such covetous practices. And we should not follow the people who say they are leaders who condone such actions. 
almost 200 years ago when America thrived in republics, because each state was a republic, even after the ratification of the Constitution of the United States, each state was a separate country, a separate republic. You are a citizen of the state, not of the United States' pre-Civil War. The solution to liberty were well practiced and known, if not understood by all. This was because 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave us the answer, which was living by love, not force. And many who made it to America could not have survived without submission to his way. Because when they first came here, they were thinking common storehouse, socialism, and they were starving every year. But it was on a very small scale. So they were able to make the transition back to if you don't work, you don't eat. But you have to make that a choice in your life. Because you've forgotten the gospel and the preachers aren't preaching it. We have gone down this road to destruction. Jeremiah tells us about it. Even Plato, the measure of a man is what he does with power. That's what he says. The measure of a man is what he does with power. If you give up your power of choice to obtain benefits, you're not much of a man. Plutarch also said that the man who first ruined the Roman people was he who first gave them treats and gratuities. That's what Cain did, Nimrod did, Pharaoh did, Caesar did, FDR did, LBJ did. Offered you gifts, gratuities, and benefits. It ruined the Roman people. It's ruining the black community. It's ruining the white community. It's ruining the Hispanic community. And if we no longer, if we are real Christians, there are no more black, Hispanic, and white communities. There's the community of mankind. And the community of mankind is composed of individuals. And individuals enter into, through one process or another, into the only institution of God, which is the family. And socialism breaks down the family. So we need to repent. We need to go back to the way Christ said to do it. We, we need to, and it is the only way to escape the bondage that we are now in this bondage of hate and judgment. So anyway, join us on the network in your local area by going to hisholychurch.org. And till then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.